Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> Andy J. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um... It's it's the close season, which means we, we basically have to think outside the box, yeah. which is why we spoke to a coffee professor yeah, and uh, the man that has campaigned for the world's steepest hill. But they both have a sporting context, don't they, Andy? They do. And if you, uh, as you'll I discover. speaking to both of them. So yeah, they were, they were good. We had a bit of a conversation, didn't we? We did. We had about, quite several conversations, as yeah. we do often in the uh, off-season. In, in the course of three hours. <laughs> so um, here it all is. Enjoy. Good afternoon. Andy, can I kick off this afternoon oh, yes, with the cool subject and mm. leaning on your excellent memory? Oh, yeah. Because mm. um, this comes from a, a sad place. The actor Brian Marshall, probably best known for The Long Good Friday and other fine work, a very good, sort of good mm. solid British actor who worked for many years, passed away. And uh, one of the things in his uh, obituary today was in 1965 he was cast in his first recurring television role as the captain of Brentwich United uh, in BBC's twice-weekly soap opera... United. United. Now, somehow, I cannot believe this has passed me by. There is probably a good reason for it, because the BBC wiped every episode of it. Every one of them has gone. No one has any record at all. Of these shows. It was a, a twice weekly soap opera in the East Enders envelope. Mm. They had 147 episodes of it between 1965 and 1967. And there were some recognisable uh, names I'd in there. I'd say I watched all of them. Was it, I think it was a character in it called Bob McIver, the manager. I've got the names here. There was Curly Parker, yeah. um, Danny South, uh, Deirdre Gosling. <laughs> uh, it was Bob McIver. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Good can't work. remember last week, but George, can remember... Yeah, <laughs> George Layton was in it, who did lots of the <clears> Doctor <throat> series yeah. and um, Ain't mm. Half Hot Mum. He played Jimmy Stokes in 85 episodes. Mm. There's a lot of other... Tony Cornett, a great old British character actor, was in Easties for oh, years. Yeah. Stephen Yardley. Um, so a lot of... Uh, Ronald Allen, a lot of recognisable Very people. Very much in the um, Dream Team envelope. Yeah, but, but very more, similar. more of a 60s feel on yes, Dream Team. Yes, but very, very similar idea, you know, to Dream Team. It, Dream Team reminded me of it when it came on. The football scenes were filmed <clears> um, <throat> Stoke City. Jimmy Hill acted mm. as a technical advisor on oh, it. Oh, really? And apparently Wolves got very upset that their management of Wolves said the series was based on them and they thought it was all a bit too close. The problem was it fell between two stools. It wasn't successful. Two series, 147 episodes. 
too soft to appeal to a male audience and too male orientated for a female soap opera audience. That was the feeling. So, yeah. um, not enough people shouting, Get out of me, pub. Yeah. So, what they did, they, um, yeah, they wiped every one of the videotapes. So, all 147 <laughs> episodes are gone. That is a shame. Now, I, I never knew there was a football soap opera. It's the only one that yeah. ran for two years. I mean, no, no, well, it was well, before well, my you time. Know, it was, you know, were you born? Or you yeah, even... I was about two or something. But it, it's still. <laughs> How could you not remember no, it? No, but then? I would have thought somewhere in the ether I would have realised there was a football soap yeah, opera. But no. the fact I've never, there's no footage left. Now, the reason I bring it up is that yeah. um, the team in it, the fictional second division football team. Some bloke team, in Malaysia would have taped it and there'll be one in it. Yeah, there'll be some. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, how would he have taped it in 1965? <laughs> you haven't thought that through, have you, Andy? No, <laughs> what happens was they, they they were tapes made and they were sent out to various places. That's how some of this stuff no, has been rediscovered. None of it was ever sold abroad. This really? show was never, they never sold it abroad. Yeah, so I don't think any of it exists or survives. Mm, well, there you go. That's but the team was called Brentwich United. What a team they And were. I'd say it's uh, the reason there's not any great football fiction generally, it's very hard to do, is that arriving at an authentic-sounding name for a fictional football team is really, really difficult. Mm. I mean, remember all the comics used to read as a kid, Scorcher and stuff. Melchester. Well, Melchester, you know, Melchester doesn't sound like a real place, does it, or does not it? really. I mean, Warbury. Yeah, Warbury's not bad, actually. Yeah. Of all the ones, it could be a Warbury. The um, Everpool, I remember one comic did. <laughs> there was a team called Everpool. That's rubbish. So if you that's, wanna, that's not even trying. If that. you think you've cracked it, give us your best example of a fictional mm. football club that's name. That's a good idea. Just see if you can come up one Difficult, this afternoon. Though. That doesn't make us... Okay, it is. It doesn't make us go, yeah. oh, no, that doesn't work. So give it a try. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to eight ten eighty nine and tweet to TSHNJ. Grantchester uh, United would have worked. Yeah, 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 probably would have done. Grantchester United is not too bad. Well, you know, the, the place <coughs> where the the fictional place where the vicar is the detective. Yeah, but m maybe have they got a football team? They're bound to have a football <laughs> episode one day. One of the players gets bumped well, off. There's Holby City and Holby Rovers, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there's always. A, Whenever they play each other, there's always a casualty in the in the. So not real obviously. ones. All your own work. All your own work this afternoon. Can you come up with one? I know far too much about fictional football. Don't you I? do. Talksport.com. Text eighteen eighty nine to eat TSH and J. And something else to get you going on. Um, have you ever been for a night out and forgot something when you've got home, a bit tired and emotional? I asked the question because Ben Stokes arrived back at the hotel. Mm. I mean, look, he'd had a couple. He wasn't out of control. He'd had a couple and uh, returned without his shoes to the team hotel. <laughs> Somewhere between winning the World Cup and getting back to the hotel... He was minus he should have his walked shoes. Across Abbey Road, like Paul McCartney. He, yeah, he would have quite a nice idea. Mystery things. Yeah. So things you were after a, a tight <coughs> and emotional night. Um, mm. You things you returned home without to everybody's surprise. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. And the line really of the World Cup post World Cup came from Trevor Bayliss, the coach, uh, on Ben Stokes. He said, "I don't want to take. I don't want this taken out of context." But Ben's a real fighter. Now, we knew what he meant. <laughs> yeah, we did. We knew what he meant. <clears throat> uh, Roy Davis has written to The Sun from Northwich in Cheshire and receives from me the international football ban for this letter. Well done. He says, I hope the England football team followed the Cricket World Cup. They may have learned something about how to win. The cricketers <clears throat> displayed real skill, were brave under pressure, full of tenacity and had the will to win. Yeah, a bit lucky as well, but don't worry about that. <laughs> the stamp of real champions. Yeah. Honestly, well, that's it. Fine, you're never watching England football team ever again, Roy. That's Unenforceable, Andy, I've told you. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going around his house to cut <laughs> his cables. Is that what you're going to do? I am.
Right. I mean, would you ever show that kind of... Did we talk about this on air or off air the other day? I was talking to someone about the old Spike Milligan story, where Spike Milligan mm. asked a bloke... A mm. uh, bloke said, oh, Spike, can I have your autograph, please? He said, why do you want it? He said, because I'm a big fan of yours, and I want to keep it and, and treasure it. So he said, well, OK, uh, fair mm. enough, I'll mm. do it. He said, but give me your address. So the guy thought it was a bit mm. weird, and he wrote down his address. Two years later, Spike's at the door. Oh, says, no. remember we... Where's, you said you'd treasure it. Where's that autograph? Did he have well, it? I know it's here somewhere. Oh, I don't no. know. But yeah, put it on the spot. Yeah. What about that? That's, that's so would good. you go to those lengths to make sure the ban is in existence? Yes, All I'll pop round Roy's house. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but you know, he, he, he shouldn't do that, really. Somebody has come up with Nottingham florist. That's rubbish, hmm. isn't it, really? No one's going to believe that as a football team, Mark. Nottingham, Nottingham florist. <laughs> Nottingham florist. What about... Uh, this comes from... Uh, what's it? Transmission. Uh, it says... Uh, Barnsdale Rovers. Now, that sounds so fictional, So isn't it? fictional, Barnsdale. Yeah. Um, Bumble City and Bumble United. No, no they're not working. Like is it Bumble? Yeah, what about that? Um, mm. Ponty Paul FC. Um, that exists, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, a place where a, a famous fireman is from. Fireman sound. See, Dave, these are these are real. Pl- these are already in existence. We need a completely original yeah. and fresh. Is there take. a place called Ponty Paul? Sounds. Yeah, like of course, it. there's a place is called Ponty Paul. Yeah, I thought there was. It's the rugby heartland, isn't it? Ponty Paul front row and all that. Um, okay. Stoke Vale FC. Oh, I know that. That'd be yeah, be in the potteries. <laughs> I would guess. They don't have to be like Everpool. We said that one was one that didn't work. Uh, Talksport.com text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet T S A J. Of course it is. Yeah, it was the point of saying that then. No, but he was I think I think he was I don't mm. know. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Off the back of the uh, late lamented, well, to be honest, none of us knew really much about it. It was called United. It was a soap opera that ran for two mm. years, albeit in the oh, 60s. I, I knew about you it. You remembered it? Yeah. Do you remember watching it? Yeah, I do. I told you. Why I remember you the main character. All these years. I remember then? the main character. Well, you'd, you'd taken the mickey out of me. None of them. Uh, I wouldn't want that. None of them survived uh, the uh, episodes. That is not the cast, obviously, but um, anyway. We. <laughs> well, I'd say. Probably well, not. Yeah. So really, yeah. we're interested to, to hear today if you can come up with a fictional football team name that sounds authentic. It's an incredibly difficult thing mm. to do, uh, as maybe many of the emails and texts are proving. But look at this one from Justin. He said, when I was younger, I used to run us a beauty league with my friends. And my team was called Oak, Oakhampton United. Oakhampton United. That sounds. Not what do you think? Bad, what no. league would that be? be very Sunday morning? No, a bit, bit higher than that. Ryman's. Okay. Um... <laughs> Paul Thistle. I don't think that's going to work, really. That's, uh, oh, yes. Gorge United. S- SP2. Okay, Gorge United. What league Gorge. are they? Gorge. Yeah, Gorge. Welsh Welsh National League. Okay. Um, I don't think it's called that. What else? The Durham Diplomats, as in, in uh, Cumbria. They're an IPL team. I think they probably They are. could be the new team for the 100. Crystal Park. You're just taking two different team <laughs> names and putting them together. Uh, Glen in Canterbury. Not bad, Crystal Park, but yeah. Uh, Tingston FC says Vinny Tingston Tingston I think that, I think he was I think he was I playing think darts. in China I think he was playing darts <laughs> when he, he did that Staunton FC says Liam that sounds a bit Sunday morning yeah Staunton FC anyway let's move on mm. we don't really want to bring uh, more bad news uh, to the good people of New Zealand but we are forced to we have no choice they have long claimed to have the uh, steepest mm. uh, street in the world um, but um, Baldwin Street in Dunedin has been uh, usurped. I know, yeah. And uh, the man behind uh, the usurping uh, joins us now, Gwyn Headley. Good afternoon, Gwyn. 
Hello. Uh, your timing. Your timing. No, no, congratulations. Your congratulations, but your timing could have been better, couldn't it? The day after. The... <laughs> <laughs> I could have waited for the World Cup, yeah. the Rugby World Cup. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen pictures of uh, of Baldwin Street, and they do have a big sign there saying, uh, "Welcome to Baldwin Street, the world's steepest street." So they're going to have to take that down, aren't they? Well, they know where they can turn the signs, don't they? Now. They yeah. can um, oh, yeah. ship them over to Wales. <laughs> That's true. Um, yes, we, we'll have them. Yeah, <laughs> save you the money. So tell us, tell yeah. us the story of how um, your street in in Harlech became the steepest. Well, um, I was driving down it one. I, I, I go into the town. I live a, a, a just just a mile south of the centre of Harlech, mm. and I drive in, pick up my paper at the paper shop because I'm an old git and read papers, right. and then drive down Llech. Uh, and um, do a little circle back home. And I got myself uh, a, a new car the other the, uh, uh, last year with four-wheel drive and anti-lock brakes. Mm. And uh, I was driving down Slech, and it just slid straight on. Um, all This is in August, all four wheels locked, um, sliding inexorably towards a, a brick wall. And I thought, this is very steep. Mm. And I went back home, and I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it said Slech was the steepest street in the United Kingdom, with a gradient of one in of, of 37%. And I thought, well, if that's the steepest street in the UK, what's the steepest street in the world? So I looked at Wikipedia, and there was Baldwin Street in Dunedin, in New Zealand, um, with a st- slope of 35%. Oh, I'm not going to leave it at that. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> um, I, I, I wrote to Guinness, and I said, I want, I, you know, I want the record. Now, what and about Lomb- and- Lombard Street in San Francisco? That's pretty... Steep. No, nowhere near as steep. No, it's, exactly. it's just, it's just um, it's zigzag, windy. zigzag, 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 yeah. zigzag, zigzag. Mm. Yeah. All right, not, okay. It's not a, it's not a slope. It's, it hasn't got the slope that we've got. Yeah. And um, and and Guinness sent me the parameters. And you've got they're severe, you know. Um, there are ten parameters you've got to stick to. Um, it's not just the gradient. It's got to have. Um, uh, uh, it's got to be a public thoroughfare. It's got to have houses either side. It's got to be. Um, uh, loads and loads of stuff that we had to adhere to. Um, there was one thing we could do. They wanted a blueprint of the street, but the street has been there since time immemorial. Right. It's um, um, it's over a thousand years old, wow. and it's just grown up organically. So um, there was never any blueprint. I mean, we've got a 13th century castle on the street. Wow, um, we... <laughs> and um, it, it's just. So wonderful! It's great. We're a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, the Morva at the bottom, the, the, the sea plain at the bottom, is a site of special scientific interest. We're on the Wales Coast Path. Um, oh, what else? Oh, yes, um, we're in the Snowdonia National Park. Um, it's 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 a it's a great little town. We've got fewer than two thousand people living there, but it's just it's just a wonderful place, and it's very very beautiful. And mm. now we've got the steepest street in the world. You keep talking, oh, you keep talking up, Gwen. I'm frightened there's a few people are going to start moving in. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, I, I feel for the postman. <laughs> your your postman. I mean, yeah. he's as fit as a flea. Well, he, he would be, be wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Pete Smith trots up that street every morning, and he's in a, he's in great shape. He's a lo- he's a lovely guy. Has he got a and bike? He hasn't got a bike, Gwen. I think he walks up. Does he or? He walks up. He right. walks up. He doesn't have a bike. No, come on, this is Harlech. This is, yeah. this is rural Wales. Um, and I tell you what we would like, and you guys will know, we want to get 
Geraint Thomas to cycle up it for us. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. How do we do that? How do we get that? How do well, we he's, he's, he's if he w- at the moment. Yes, but if he wins, I'm sure, you know, you can put it to his people. Yeah. yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. We can, maybe well, it could be the start of the tour. Maybe we could have the Grand Depart from uh, <laughs> from the hill. <laughs> that would drive it out. Yeah. That would, sort, that would sort the wheat from the chaff. It would. It would. <laughs> for a lot of caravans for kids at the sweet, uh, sweets of the kids and all that. <laughs> the um, So, as you said, it was, was it quite high tech? to arrive at your gradient or what were the techniques they were using? Well, we used... Um, I, I'm, uh, I met a bloke through a book. We both featured in a book called The Dull Men of Great Britain. Oh, tremendous. And <laughs> Congratulations. I'm, I'm a very dull person. And at the launch party of his book, I met this guy called Madeline Phillips who mm. measures mountains. Right. Oh. Um, that's his job. He goes around and measures the height of mountains. And so when I was thinking about the steepness of Fort Pantelaire, um, I, I thought, ah, Merlin's the ideal person. So we got Merlin out, and he came up and he measured Claire. And then in the Guinness parameters, it, um, it disqualified him because um, he was not appointed by Gwyneth Council, and the, and, the, and the surveyor had to have been appointed and overseen by the local um, roads authority. Wow. So we had to do it all over again. So... Just, I was going to ask about um, daredevils like to turn up in Bald, Baldwin Street in Dunedin and fly down it. I've seen footage of it uh, today. Mm. Skiers? So, do you get? Would you get a similar sort of thing going on, Gwyn? I mean, you, you think you're going to expect no. you're going to attract more people that are going to go racing down on their bikes? I don't think so because Baldwin Street is a ramp, isn't it? Yes, it's in a dead straight line. It is. We are we're we're wiggly. Wiggly, twisty, turny, hmm. um, and it, uh, if you start rolling your teasers down the front bench in Harlech, um they're all going to land up in uh, Hen which is some, somebody's house. Ah, that's <laughs> no good. And what qualified you to be among Britain's dullest men? You don't sound like oh, you should I, qualify. I, I write books on architectural follies. Oh, okay. oh, that's interesting. What about yeah, somebody? Yeah. Somebody mentioned. Well, no, I've got. Not. Wouldn't be well, in the book, well, I don't know. It is. You, we've got. We've like got one near us. Yeah. An architectural folly. See, you um, as well, Andy. Oh, you're in it. No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably am. <laughs> um, somebody mentioned to me that you're you're something quite high up in the world of mahjong. <laughs> is that true? Oh yeah, yes. I'm afraid so. I'm yeah, I'm president of the British Mahjong Association. Wow. See, oh, that's more interesting stuff. Yeah, that, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't you're be in that. Man you're in very that interesting. Rip the pages out when you're next in the library. Gwen, congratulations. Have you had any have you feedback from Baldwin Street? Have they, they sent you a world well oh, done yes. or not? Oh, yes. Oh. Um, the journalists have been very polite. The um, residents have been posting things on the internet, and they're the sort of things that you'd expect to see posted at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> they're, they're bitter. They, yeah, yeah. They're bitter. If, if you could use Green Link on the internet, that, that, that's what, what, what you'd see. Wow. It's a bit rough. It's a bit mm. scary, actually. Well, look, Gwyn, lovely to speak to you. Thanks very much for joining that's us today. It. Thanks so much. It's been great touch. Great yeah, yeah. So, uh, bad news is Simon Talfall's been in touch. Yeah. And he says that there's, there's one gradient out. In fact, they are still. He's had a look at it. He's had a look That's at the it. gradient. And he said it was just a clear mistake's been made. So, what about that being abused online by the drunken residents of Baldwin <laughs> Street in Dunedin because your street has got a 1% gradient more? It's quite it looks impressive on Google Maps. It I'm does. Just it, it yeah. Yeah. We used to, when I was a kid, what a we used to. Have, place. Look at it. Uh, I was a very young kid uh, when I was talking to old DJ Locksmith about it because that's his part of the world in, in Clapton. Oh, Wales. Spring Hill. I used, oh, to go, I used to go down on my bike uh, as a kid down to uh, Spring Hill down on the River Lee there in, mm. in Clapton and go charging down that. 
But, uh, it's probably not that steep. It's nowhere near as steep as that. I remember it being very steep. Did you have Did you have one of those those little go to no, places? Can't, can't say I did really. Did you have a bike? I had a bike. Yeah, yeah. of course I had a bike. <laughs> what was it? Was it penny farthing? I can't. <laughs> when they first came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, it said normal. I can't even remember. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. How our last guest, uh, Gwyn Headley, ended up in a book of uh, Britain's most boring men is beyond us. Uh, his mm. Wikipedia uh, entry is incredible. Uh, as a child, uh, Gwyn lived in Accra, uh, now uh, Gold Coast, brackets, now Ghana, mm. Krumpendorf, Austria, Berlin, Germany, Warsaw, Poland, Westmarle, Belgium, and Paris, France, before his family his dad was settled in Chelsea. Or something. I'm guessing he was, mm. yeah. He wasn't on the bins, was he? Don't think so. Um, living in <laughs> Chelsea in the 1960s, uh, mm. he formed the Sloan Squares, a beat group which played many really? venues across the capital, supporting, you ready for this? Yeah. John Lee Hooker, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, The Small Faces, Eric Clapton, and Peter Frampton, amongst others. So what a man. Can he end up in that book? I, mean, I thought he was really nice. Very interesting man. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. yeah. yeah. Yes. You're trying to come up with um, fictional football team names that sound authentic, and I think it's been proven that it's very difficult. This off the old soap mm. opera from the 60s that I've only found out about today that Andy remembers. And the team in that... Uh, fa- fictional team were called Brentwich United, which is not fooling mm. anybody now or probably then, I would say. Um, Cresta City. <laughs> that's, that sounds like a ventriloquist <laughs> act, doesn't it? <laughs> Cresta City. Who does he play for? He plays for Cresta City. That doesn't work, does it? Yeah. Um, the steepest street sign could be burnt like the ashes and sent to Wales, says H. That's a good idea. They could, good play idea. For, they could play cricket on that hill. That's a very good idea. It's about bowling down the slope. <laughs> um, Whittle Wanderers, says Janet in Chorley. Whittle Wanderers, that, what does that sound like to you, Andy? Ooh, Whittle Wanderers. <sighs> what league have they been? Non-league? Non-league still, yeah. yeah does, they don't yeah. really sound like Broomfield Town, says Justin. That sounds yeah, like... they, they could be League Two. They've done well. They've come through the system. <laughs> I love the way you're giving this a lot of thought. It's quite a difficult thing to get this right, isn't it, really? Mm. It's, uh... So anyway, yeah, keep them coming. Talksport.com forward slash H&J you can text to 81089 or you can tweet to TSH&J T-S-H-A-N-D-J Stowe Park Rangers that feels like a junior football team they do really Alice there good try affiliated to Queen's Park Rangers like formed by fans of Queen's Park Rangers you don't have that affiliate system in baseball you you have affiliate teams don't Mm. you that then feed into the big sides we don't really have that do we have that well, they were, um, when my boy was young, I remember playing involved with the London Lions, and they were sort of affiliated to Millwall. They were yeah. sort of youth thing. It was a period when successful, I think. we seemed to be affiliated to Leeds, as we took about three or four players off of them <laughs> on the cheap, which was a bit naughty. But I mean, now and again, you have a little run. You of are players. affiliated to Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that's a one-way street. Well, isn't it, it might be coming back. Well, I don't. know. You heard? Uh, I mean, Jonathan Barnett earlier on today was saying. It's not true on TalkSport. I think Gareth it's really Bale a shame rumors. it's not true because it, it makes... Ian Holloway was brilliant on Breakfast about this. He was, you know, it makes sense for Real Madrid. It makes sense for Tottenham. Mm. It would immediately lift Tottenham into a position of being, rather than being probably third, actually challenging. I think it would really make a difference to them. You know, if, if Kane got injured, you've got a bloke that can play at centre forward. I always know if, if, if it's a if, if when I hear about a deal like that, I think, oh no, that means it's a good deal for the club. Whereas if I think, oh good, it means it doesn't. It know. doesn't really fit, does it, with the way Tottenham generally do their business? No, but they're changing, aren't they? And they're, you know, he's a, he's got a history there at the club. He's still got 
three good years. He's a top player. Mm. If, if you get him, if you and actually he played forty two games. That Alan was telling us this morning. Was it that many? He only started nine, but he played forty two. Oh, so, yeah, I thought he yeah. yeah, played about thirty. But I'm going still, on Alan's figures, but I presume well, he was I'm well sure if he would have checked him, his mm. team would have checked him for him. So I, 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 I'm sure he's right. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's probably a bit. He's injured uh, more mm. than I went about Australian then, didn't I? Yeah, look. <laughs> We're getting ready for the ashes. I do love that line that I heard. Alan had to go to a meeting. One of the officials, uh, Premier League officials, came to chat to us about VAR. He said, I'd rather go to the BAR. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) He is funny. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Uh, What else? I see Steve... Bruce leaving the artisan bakery. Yeah. One thing Steve doesn't need is the artisan bakery, really. How did they snap him outside the artisan bakery? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that was a punter's kind of picture or uh, or not? What do you think oh, went yeah. on there? I, th- I don't think... I think somebody said, oh, look, Steve Bruce is in the artisan bakery. Who says that? Who says apropos of absolutely nothing at all, <laughs> oh, look, Steve Bruce is in the artisan bakery? He's getting an olive focaccia. <laughs> <laughs> She's a lovely girl. She's a lovely girl, yeah, Olive. She, uh, she olive plays for Inter Milan women. Yeah, tremendous. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, we often ask the question, is this sport? I think we know the answer to this. Uh, No, it isn't. But let me tell you what it is. Um, ESPN, uh, thankfully, uh, tweeting out some footage of the first ever and quite possibly the last heavy metal knitting world championships sport that you think of course that took place in Finland well look okay heavy metal music and knitting 
do not necessarily mean sport. Why is well, it sport? Because presumably you're knitting against competitors. What it's... you're doing, you're, there's, a, there's a heavy metal band playing hmm. and you're headbanging in the foreground on the stage yeah. and you're knitting at the same That's time. That's quite tricky, that is. It is, yeah, it is. But what's the criteria? Do you have to... Is it the first person to knit a pair of socks? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Or a scarf. I mean, you probably got to be able to knit in a straight line. I mean, what would you knit for... For a, if you're a heavy metal fan, a pair of kind of fingerless gloves or something, so, yeah. studs on the yeah, outside, yeah. that's it's quite strange. possible, yeah. Uh, oh, knit yeah. one Pearl Jam, although I know they're not strictly <laughs> heavy metal good. band, <laughs> but that's about as good as, it's about as close that. as I very, could get. Very good. Not heavy metal, sorry, dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true, dance will be going, well, that's not, you know, you, yeah. you won't be happy. I was, I, what was I watching the other day? Oh, yeah, I was watching a little bit of TV, and a band came on, Andy. And I would, I, you mm. would not know of their work, but I would love to be in a room with you when you first mm. witnessed their work. And All I, right, to, okay. I, I saw this band and I immediately thought of you, but not necessarily for the right reasons. What's their name? I may get you tickets uh, for... Go and w- watch I'll them. Go and look, I think yes. it's not enough to listen. I think you need to watch them. Okay, well, I think they they're can... right up your oh, street, sure they're on knowing the, the kind of easy listening you like in the car. Are they? <laughs> they're called Slipknot. Oh yeah, I've heard it's <laughs> they're heavy. Aren't I they? think you'd, I think you'd like Slipknot. I don't. They're a bit, but they're they're very much favourites on on Smooth. Oh no, <laughs> no, no. But anyway, we'll, well, maybe we'll come back. <clears throat> we'll come back to that, Andy, later on. Okay. I just thought I'd just love to, I'd oh, love to get you front row tickets. Thank you very much. You would enjoy I'll, them. You love a, you love a live spectacle. Oh, I do. Yeah, and no, I don't heavy metal. It's not my thing at all. Uh, Now, the two races today. The 4.45 at Beverly is the racing again next Monday evening. Handy. (laughs) No big deal about that. You race every day. (laughs) And then the 7 o'clock at... I don't know where it is, actually. 7 o'clock somewhere tonight. uh, Is uh, is the logical demolition novices hurdle. That's nice. It's been the logical, illogical demolition. Illogical demolition is blowing something up when you don't want it blown up, isn't it? Exactly. Not really great, but... there you I go. love the fact you look out for the interestingly named races. I mean, not, this is not a political point, but the Prime Minister or, Mi- or Mrs. Awkward, as I call her. Oh, yeah. She's so Not a awkward. political point. No, not really. Has anyone ever looked less comfortable in their own skin? Even if she had Owen Morgan brought the trophy round. Yeah. And she's sort of like awkward, awkwardly holding the trophy. She's so awkward. <laughs> I've never seen anybody say the word awkward a little bit more. She is Mrs. Awkward. Mrs. Awkward, <laughs> so called because she's quite awkward. Okay, yeah. And uh, you should I'd... be doing kids' books with Olaf Falafel, shouldn't you? Well, you've got the name for it, clear. Yeah, Mr. Awkward. I think someone's got there with the Mr. Men. That's though, true, they? really. Yeah. And post boxes will be painted outside World Cup venues. They've already done one. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're like. I couldn't tell what colour it was. Maybe it's it's a... white. Oh, okay. It's white with a gold stumps and bat uh, logo on it. Okay. And a, and a sort of gold sign. And I thought, that's a very nice idea, but why not do what you did in the Olympics, which is, for example, uh, well, I was going to say Ben Stokes, that's no good. You're going to put one in his birthplace of Dunedin. That wouldn't go well. Yeah. But say Joe Root, you know, well, he was born in Leeds, say, I don't think he was, but it, say he was. You put one in his street in Leeds where he was born. Yeah. Or wherever he was, you know. They, they went that's back, what they did in the Olympics. They went back to their original... Um, colours afterwards. They've not stayed gold, the Olympic ones. They were they were repainted afterwards. I don't think they've stayed. Uh, You've got one near you. There is one in Chiswick, yeah. Is that a rower, stayed yeah. gold? I'm pretty sure it is okay. still gold, yeah. But Fair enough. Yeah. All so, right. well, uh, well, I'll trust you on that. It's a nice idea. touch, though, it, it I must say. Nice. I think putting one in Dunedin could be quite good. And this letter annoyed me, honestly. These people. It's not much to annoy you. Well, it, it doesn't, but you know. 
Pete, uh, what's his name? Pete Hoare from Abingdon in Oxon oh, yeah. wrote this. He says, well done to England, but the victory only goes to highlight just how popular limited over cricket has become. Now it's back to the usual five-day bore with the ashes. All right, Pete, that's you not allowed to watch it when it gets to day five and <laughs> the most exciting the climax. You can sit in with Roy Davis and not watching any international sport. And everybody that said uh, <clears throat> women's football is better than men's football. Yeah, and this one from John Morris. Is there a sporting event David Beckham won't be seen at? He's been to the Women's Football World Cup in Wimbledon. Looking forward to seeing him at the netball. He probably will be because he probably knows Tracy Neville. John Morrison, Warwickshire. What can't he do now? What's his forfeit? Nothing. Well, I just think that's a ridiculous thing to write because David (laughs) Beckham can afford to go. John, if you had the money to go to various sporting events around the world, would you not go? You would go, wouldn't you? You wouldn't turn around and go, I'm not going to that. Do you want a bit of Slipknot? Yeah, go on. See what you think? Yeah, let's have a listen. Okay, let's have a go. Who likes this music? I mean, what? They have massive music, is it? No, they're, they're, oh, don't say things like that, Granddad. It's not. Can't no, dance I, to that. I, can lo- I love a lots of music, but I don't like this. Well, I mean, look, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but to say it's not, it clearly is music. Well, it isn't. There's no melody. 300 million views that's had on YouTube. They're a massive band. Doesn't mean anything. Stadiums and festivals. I was reading about a student who sells sparkly makeup. And she's uh, one of the top ten traders on Depop. She's got 13 million customers. That's why don't you start selling sparkly makeup then? (laughs) It's unbelievable, isn't it? How does that happen? Who are these 13 million people buying this sparkly makeup? (laughs) <laughs> I've, got, I've got no idea. Maybe they're probably at the front row of a no, well, slip. Well done concert. to student. And what's her name? Student. I might as well give her a name check. A student. M- it's like Ellen. she needs a name check on Talk well, Sport you know. with thirteen million people following her. That's going to make. Oh yeah, none we of, are the we're the heartland of sparkly makeup. I guarantee aren't we? none of them are Talk Sport listeners. Will be my oh, guess. There'll be a few. There'll be a you few reckon? out there. All right. Old you, Ken driving his lorry, just getting Ken, up. The are you corner. a customer? He's got a little bit of, of sparkly Ellen makeup. Ellen Bundy, nineteen Kent, who sells of Kent rather, who sells. Sparkling makeup has become one of the top ten traders on shopping app Depop, with thirteen million users. Depop Origi, why don't you, why don't you uh, start selling your own sparkly makeup? There is old Andy. Hello, there, Andy Jacobs from Talksport. Uh, join me now in a world of sparkly makeup. I'd watch it, but not for the right reasons. No, you wouldn't really know. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talksport. I have Slipknot playing in the background. <laughs> why not? Uh, see if we can get them wearing sparkly makeup. Good luck with that. That conversation, <laughs> with that yeah. phone call to the management. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Phil Mickelson um, has lost fifteen pounds. Uh, he's done a fair bit of weight. A dramatic. He's looking to change his mm. fortunes golf wise. He's he's lost some weight. He's changed his uh, diet, and uh, he's been working uh, with a guy called uh, Dave Phillips. He said I went on a bit of a retreat. He said mm. I hope it's going to make me play better. Um, and the good thing about Dave is he is a coffee sommelier, um, and he has magic coffee creations. Which yeah, I mean the coffee you read out to me and the whole thing will be worth running past our next guest. It certainly will be. Um, he is uh, well, he's a coffee boffin. He's Professor Jonathan Morris, author and coffee historian at the University of Herefordshire. His latest book is Coffee: uh, A Global History. Jonathan, good afternoon. Hi there, guys. Well, let me run what Phil will be drinking throughout the open uh, past you. This will be kind of fairly straightforward to your ears, but it was a bit odd for us. So, um, Phil to the top. This is how he makes his coffee, or Phil does for him. Phil to the top with coarse ground Ethiopian uh, Yerga Chef coffee, then add water heated to 200 degrees. 
It says, stir five or six times, wait three minutes, and then plunge it. If you wait too long, the beans get bitter. Phil will then pour it into a, a bodum or bottom pot and add Califia Farms almond milk, a dash of cinnamon, a few Jurgerchef cacao nibs, 80%, and a little medium chain triglyceride oil, which is extracted from coconuts. With a hand electric blender, he mixes it until slightly frothy and then adds... And that's it. What do you mean? And that's it. <laughs> um, so, listening to are. that, what a thrilling! What, don't what do you make of that? For one moment, there, Andy. I, uh, I like the first part. So mm. close. First part sounded good. Uh, first part us. is actually exactly what you would do. The two hundred degrees uh, for us is about ninety-three degrees centigrade. So that's on the bar on the on the mark because um, we want to use water that's just off the boil. Uh, and um, yoga chef or yoga chefy coffee. Uh, is some of the best coffee in the world. So absolutely in line with that. Wow. The second part, adding all that stuff, I think Phil's made himself a fake cappuccino, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and also, um, is it not right that if you make coffee in a cafetiere, and especially if you use all that other stuff, coconut oil, it's a bit of, it's not great for the cholesterol, isn't it? Isn't there more that coffee in a cafetiere has a different property to coffee that comes out of an espresso machine, for example? Well, that's certainly true. Um, in terms of cholesterol, I don't think it would make that much difference, but the real difference it makes is in terms of caffeine. So if you were putting, um, just if we stick with the coffee for the moment, you know, your caffeine count will be much, much higher using a cafetiere than it will with an espresso for a similar amount of water. Mm, so um, a big, you know, a big cafetiere pot will give you significantly more uh, caffeine. But I mean, the thing with this is, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking at it, and yeah, I mean, eat, eat, you know, if you throw this stuff in, as I say, it looks a bit like a fake espresso. There's virtually no calories in it, so mm. frankly, you know, yeah, no wonder he's lost weight. Yeah. Um, what he's taken out, the almond milk is low, it's very low calorie. Um, the rest of it doesn't really have anything in it. Triglyceride oil, that kind of is a sort of a slow release thing, so it probably just makes him feel a bit full for a bit longer but uh you know really you wouldn't need the coffee in there to 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 make you lose the weight no. i mean he's that, lost that, 15 that pounds now. in six days with water and and yeah. this special coffee blend for wellness that he says that that's what he's been taking i mean I, before you know it's quite rigorous isn't it a, 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 mm. a golf tournament um, yeah. I think that would take a little bit of strength out of him, but he, he, he obviously feels okay. You get around about half the time. <laughs> how, how much coffee do you drink, Jonathan? Because I'm quite fascinated by the amount of coffee that you can actually drink. Because I find if I... I love espresso or cappuccino, but I can't drink right. more than one or two. Other, after that, I'm jittery. Yeah, okay. So there's, uh, the answer to that is it's a bit like asking someone how much they can drink beer or whatever everybody oh, yeah. can drink different bits mm. and also at the same time the more that you get used to it the more you can drink a bit more so i might drink um sort of maybe four to five cups of coffee a day and that is by all our medical standards perfectly safe there was a report recently that well i've been millions of reports but um they all come up with something like moderate coffee consumption actually probably is beneficial in the sense that it will do things for your brain power, it will do things with antioxidants against uh, some diseases, uh, possibly cancer, some, some elements of cancer. 
um, some uh, protection against dementia. Um, it's, so it's, at that level, it's perfectly healthy. If you throw lots of coffee down your neck fairly quickly, you're going to over-caffeinate and your body won't be able to metabolise it quick enough and then you're going to get into trouble. Mm. There's, a, there's an awful lot of research into the effects of coffee on, on athletes, isn't there? And there's, I think yeah. famously Arsene Wenger used to like the Arsenal boys to have a... Uh, an espresso a spread, uh, before a game yeah, about yeah, half an hour before they train and half an hour before a game yeah so I mean it's, I was, it is used in sport a bit earlier yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no there is a lot of uh, stuff about that I mean the, the guys who are well known for using it Mo Farah mm. uh, drank espressos just before he used to he drank them about 20 minutes before he'd start the 10,000 metres right. uh, I think he treated himself to a double before the the, the London final or something and um that will work because that, that uh, will basically up your endurance levels for a while and uh, ups your adrenaline, which obviously you need, you know, you've, you've got a lot of adrenaline going in sport. And it supposedly uh, reduces somewhat your pain, in, your pain endurance. In other words, your, your pain threshold goes up so you, you feel less fatigued during the time that you're doing that, that, that event. So... Uh, people like Mo Farah and so Chris Hoy is a huge coffee guy. He used to take a coffee machine around with him everywhere he competed. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's very good evidence about that. And in fact, there was a period that the IOC actually uh, put coffee on the kind of banned uh, substances that used to test for caffeine uh, from about the 80s through to the 2000s before in the 2000s they realized that in effect what I just said about you know we all metabolize it differently we all take it differently so it was very difficult to distinguish if someone was actually cheating as it were by using caffeine as opposed to just having it as part of their lifestyle. And this Ethiopian coffee that uh, Phil's been drinking uh, is yeah. it more expensive than normal coffee? Yeah, I'm saying what would they, if, if you were if you were buying that Phil's concoction in in a in a, a flash coffee store, what would you expect to yeah. pay for for that over the counter? Uh, actually, I would not expect to pay that much more. Okay. Yoga Chefe is good coffee, but um, Yoga Chefe is basically a district, so it's a bit like saying he drinks um, Beaujolais. Right. right. So um, it's. It's good stuff. I would think if you went into a coffee shop in London and tried to get that as a pour-over filter, a cup as pour-over filter, uh, you would probably get it for about three fifty to four pound. Okay. So mm. it's you know it's expensive, but it's not going to be that much more expensive. You know, I could I could name you coffees that would cost you a lot lot more mm. and not taste nearly as good. Uh, Jonathan, good to talk to you. Mm. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, guys, have a good day. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. See, it came back to sport in the end. Good, always does. Yeah, a bit of golf and, of course, the poor old Kiwis. Uh, so we're back tomorrow from one uh, among our guests, of course, Tim Vickery, our man from South America, lots of other top names as well. So thanks for downloading us, and we will catch up with you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 